I'm James. I'm looking at you thinking, who's that? I'm James. <laughs> and welcome to this episode of Cold Coffee. It's powerful inspiration by positive people. Cold coffee. <laughs> so this is our um, podcast where we explore powerful inspiration by positive people. Yeah, stories of, of people who think they're ordinary, ordinary people who have just survived and overcome adversity um, and challenges in their life and moved on and become better people, really. And today we are introducing Victoria. So I'll hand it over to you, Victoria, to tell us a bit more about who you are and why you're here today. Right, can I say as well, I've actually, without thinking about it, brought cold coffee. Well, I've got a nice latte. Just, yeah, we've got our little sort of roast. <laughs> Coffee mugs. Ro yeah, roasted. Um, have, have we got coffee in them? Um, yes. <laughs> Probably alcohol. <laughs> it might well be. It's been, it's been an interesting morning, so it might well be alcohol. But yes, yeah, we won't say anything about that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll introduce myself quickly. I'm, I'm Victoria Morley. I am a mum, a wife, and a um, business success coach for beauty business owners. So yeah, mum to a six-month-old little girl called Harper. Wow. And yeah, I mean, that's where the um, the story becomes interesting just all by itself. And, um, you know, in terms of how you have changed career during this time. But let's go well, you know, backtrack a little bit. I think we need to go back to the beginning of the story, don't we? So all about, you know, sort of the school, your school life and, you know, your triggers that perhaps things that affected you as you were growing up. Yeah. yeah. So um, when I was, I don't know the exact age, I'm sure I was around seven, eight years old. I convinced myself at that young age, because obviously our minds aren't, you know, that mature that um, I wasn't good enough. And I convinced myself that I wasn't good enough all because I felt like a bit of an outsider at school. So um, I felt, you know, the other kids had their little clicks and I was kind of there at the edge, like, you know, involve me, involve me. So, and I, by the way, I didn't realize that I'd created that belief literally until a few years ago when I started changing career, which we'll go on to. But when I created that belief, and that led me to do the work that I do now, it dictated every questionable slash bad decision that I made throughout my life. It made me choose friendships I shouldn't have chosen. It made me choose partners I shouldn't have chosen. It made me stay in careers I didn't love. It made me want to prove myself all the time for all the wrong reasons. So creating that very early on, I realize now, um, you know, I'm, I don't, wish anything had happened differently I just you know you feel a bit sad when you think of the decisions you made just because you created a belief that wasn't true do you think um that the bad decisions the relationships etc the groups friendship groups maybe were because they would accept you and you know you you choose somebody that's not quite yeah something that, that you shouldn't really you know you make a bad decision because hey come on in you know we'll, we'll like you yeah and and especially when I think of relationships yeah. I've dated a lot of narcissists 
or people that needed fixing. But yeah, a lot of narcissists who lack the empathy gene, as we know. So I was, and I had daddy issues as well because my my dad didn't really know how to give love. So I'd seek love through partners, but the kind of wrong, it was kind of like an approval. And then I allowed them to treat myself in a subpar way because it was reinforcing my belief that I wasn't good enough. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, messed yeah. up isn't it but a lot of people do it oh i think it's very <laughs> common i think it's very very common um tell us i mean tell us a little bit more expand about your your, your dad uh, yeah yeah so my dad's still alive today he's divorced from my mom but my dad i think was raised in a way where he wasn't shown a lot of love from his parents and you know he made lots of questionable choices when he was younger um but he was the type of dad that if you fell over and hurt yourself, and, and don't get me wrong, some of this I kind of agree with, but he'd like laugh at you. He wouldn't allow you to be upset about stuff. He wouldn't nurture you in a way. He was, you know, the kind of old stop being silly type thing. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure when Harper starts falling over and stuff <laughs> like that, and I'm like, everything's fine, it's fine. Don't cry, it's fine. But but his was, he had a he'd had an inability to give love. He's told me once in my whole life that I remember that he loves me. And he also battled with alcohol addiction as well, um, which he overcame maybe eight or 10 years ago. Um, and I've got loads to be thankful of. You know, he gave us a lovely life, you know, all that, all that materialistic stuff. But I never felt loved, accepted, nurtured by him. So everything I did in my career I wanted to get his approval. I wanted to earn more money to get his approval. I wanted to have a fancy title in the company to get his approval. Uh, but your dad did, you know, um, take you through a challenging period, didn't he? You know, in your teenage years with his um, business. So, you know, tell us a little bit more about that as well. Yeah. How that affected you. Yeah, so he owned a business. My mom worked in the business as well. And I actually, when I was growing up, spent loads of time in a business so we lived in Bakewell and it was this gorgeous ladies clothes shop it was like on two floors many happy memories there but my dad was um can I swear yeah he was a yeah, shit businessman like <laughs> oh my god he was terrible I'd catch him just playing solitaire on his computer in his office and he was doing questionable stuff you know having questionable relationships with people in the business so there was all that which didn't come out for, for many years later. He was a really bad businessman, bless him. Um, and it what, what happened is the business went under. He had to sell the business. We then had to sell the house that I'd grown up in as well, which was just this gorgeous, you're in this beautiful bubble. It was on top of a hill. You know, you had like half an acre of gardens and woods. It was just dreamy. We were really, okay. really lucky. But we had to sell it. So at the age of about 13... Dad had already removed some of the stuff from the house and it was just me, my mom, a cat, because we had dogs and we had cats, we had loads of animals, but we were there with the cat that decided to shit itself in the car as well <laughs> as we were leaving the house. Funny enough, I do that when Sarah drives. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we were all just crying because it was all these beautiful memories and the smell of the cat shit. Um, there were all these beautiful <laughs> memories and it was like the safety and security of our home had been taken away because the business failed. And that then also created a belief, which I didn't realize until a few years ago, that if I set up my own business, it will fail like my father's did. And then we may lose everything. 
Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Do you think your dad was, again, he wasn't a happy man by the sound of it, but he he, he was also looking for approval and love in, in some form, you know, yeah. with questionable relationships? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never thought of that, actually. Definitely he was, because he was not faithful to my mum at all um, at varying times during the years. So I definitely think he had a not good enough belief, and then he was mm. seeking, seeking, seeking. And obviously there was the alcohol thing. And, um, you know, I used to turn to going out and partying when I was growing up because it was escapism. Yeah. So he was doing escapism as well. Um, so, yeah, definitely. And I, I think if he'd have, you know, worked on his mindset earlier on, lives would have been different. Him and my mum might have still been together. Who knows? But Yeah, but the things were different, weren't they? There were different times and different things and, you know, recognising sort of any sort of mental illness maybe and, yeah. um, and you know, was coaching readily available or or even counselling or anything like yeah. that. So how did people even realise or know to work on their uh, mindsets where it's become a much more of a, a common, well, not somewhat common, that's the wrong word for it, but more acceptable maybe now, you know, and more accessible as well. I yeah. think the the stigma of um, character faults, I'm going to say, and mental illness, and the coaching. I'm sure that there was, you know, it was it was an admission of defeat, or um, you know, it was an admission of defeat that you needed that sort of help. And of course, it was straight through a doctor. I honestly believe that Stephen Fry when he became president of mind changed the whole concept because the whole world yeah. loves him and he he took the stigma away you yeah. know he, he walked out of um, a play in london disappeared and well he's readily got himself back together and i think that was the problem is who do you you turn to your friends for advice and pretty much friends and not that good at giving advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can be, but you know, you have to pick your friends quite well. Well, yeah, they? but you and they don't. Tend to friends as well, you know, and it will always be, you know, you, you, you tend to, or, you know, and it will. They'll always obviously they want to support you, but they don't always see two sides of any story. Well, the thing is, if in Victoria's case and probably ours, certainly mine, you would pick the friends that supported you. I suppose, not emotionally, but you know, they would agree with you. Yeah. You know, I want to stab my mum. Oh, that's a good idea. You know, <laughs> <I hate it. laughs> maybe not. But no, you, I, I believe that we do. We we pick these friends when we make the bad choices that give us the advice that it's easy for us. The, the advice we know is going to come, and it's going yeah. to be advice. You know, yeah. That's how I see it. So let's move on then from that and to the next stage. So you obviously, I mean, we know your story, obviously, but obviously all our listeners Do out we? there don't. don't. Do you not? <laughs> <laughs> you should have listened a bit more carefully. <laughs> we, um, you know, moving on then, you went into your career, as you spoke about a little bit at the beginning. What was your, what, oh, it looks can like I, James wants can to. I, can, I, can I backtrack a bit yeah. about your feelings at um, private school when you, you went into mm. school? I think that's another one that, again, there was a, yeah. you walked in, in every day with a black cloud over your head. Yeah, I didn't enjoy school. I really, I just felt, out. I felt like I was always on the outside and that it was a school in Bakewell and most people that were there were boarders. So they'd stay there most of the time. 
and I was classed as a day child. So, you know, I'd get dropped off every day. I just felt, you know, I'd created this whole, whole you know, I have probably made myself like that because in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm on the outside of everything. So yeah, school, I didn't, I didn't have a good percep, you know, perception of what was the reality there. And I did have friends, um, but yeah, it was, I always say to my mom, I never really enjoyed it. And she feels terrible because they spent, a, you know, they spent a lot of money putting me through it that really they couldn't afford. And so for me to be like, I didn't really enjoy it. Your story is so similar to mine. I can empathise with you all the way through it. Absolutely. You know, I'm glad I went because we did loads of sport. The education was amazing. And and you know what? Any school I would have been at, I, I had that belief. I would have found a way to back up that belief. So it has nothing to do that I went to the, that I went to a private school and I was the only day yeah. child. It has everything to do with that belief. Yeah, I yeah. And that continued, continued, continued literally all the time. And weirdly. I felt the most comfortable being friends with groups of lads when I was in my teens because I felt less judged, less, I don't know, there was this thing that I'd created as, as well that girls judged me and girls, so isn't that weird that I also created that? But then I ended up in a ton of bad relationships with men, obviously. So, so it carried on a bit. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Well, let's move on towards the career point. Then. Career. So, you know, I think that is. Is have we missed anything out? Is that not? No, no, no. I think yeah. Cool. So um, I started. I went to uni, by the way, and started a degree in nutrition. Oh, wanted wow. to be a nutritionist. Well, yeah. I didn't go to all my A level classes, so I didn't get the grades I wanted to get A level. Um. So anyway, I went to uni. Realized very quickly because I was spending my grant on clothes going out partying I realized very quickly that if I carried on there I wouldn't be able to afford to eat so I decided to get a sales job um so I started off my sales career and realized that I had a little bit of a knack for sales um and really the first few jobs I had I felt a little bit unaligned to them and then I went to this particular company uh, an American head office company and I just absolutely soared there I had some amazing managers I ended up being the top person in the world um, really consistently over two, three years, you know, top one or two, swapping over a bit. And the the and by the way, at this time as well, I was thinking, I want to earn this much. I want to, oh, now I want to earn that much. Now I want to earn that much. So in my head, I've got this, if I earn a quarter of a million, I'm happy. That's my, that is my ultimate goal if I hit that in my life. And I hit that. How many years ago? It might have been five, six years ago. And it was at that point I realized money doesn't mean anything when you're unaligned, when your mindset's not right. Because I was still anxious. I was still unhappy because I was anxious throughout my whole, whole, whole career, by the way. I'd wake up with anxiety. I'd be chasing the next target. I'd be proving myself all the time. And I worked my butt off to earn that amount, like worked my butt off. I've not hit that amount since then. I will do, but not yet because um, <laughs> I've changed careers. Um, but I really learned it's kind of a bit depressing when you learn money can't buy you happiness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you think it's going to solve all your problems. Yeah. And it doesn't. It just made my problems come from my rear view straight in front of me. Yeah. And at that point, I think... Uh, that niggle came in and I thought I'm not doing the right thing right now 
So anyway, I decided to ignore it. I swapped to a different company because I thought, no, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll go to a company where I can earn even more. And I had a terrible manager there, which the universe, I think, gave me. And it was at that point where I thought, I'm unhappy here. The universe has given me a shit manager. Um, maybe it's time I kind of face up to it and realize I'm on the wrong path. And I thought, what do I love doing? Well, my friends come to me for kind of almost like coaching. I don't like to call it advice because we don't advise as coaches, we coach. But um, I thought, mm, maybe life coach, maybe it's cool, but is that a bit woo-woo? Is that a bit American? And I thought, no, Victoria, just freaking do it. So I went ahead and booked myself onto an accredited life coaching course. And literally at that point said to my husband out loud, I don't want to stay in this career. I'm miserable. I want to become a life coach. <laughs> and at which point he's like, hmm, how are we going to pay the mortgage, Victoria? <laughs> and I'm like, we will. It's fine. The universe has my back. Um, I think I gave everyone kittens at that point. <laughs> but, um, my mum included, because she had that fear. She went through the same thing I did, you know. But I got that qualification. I got my NLP, Master Practitioner qualification. Um, and then I fell pregnant, purposely fell pregnant at that point. I was, I'd done my accreditations while still being in my old career. Cause I thought I kind of need to, you know, be ready to go before I say goodbye to a six figure salary. And I was what, six, seven weeks pregnant and I handed my notice in and then straight away launched my business and I'm not going to lie. It was so freaking scary. <laughs> I was, there was points in me and I was like, oh, but I don't know. I couldn't go back. I couldn't not do it. It was weird. It was like, I was just, I was going, I was going. Yeah. And I was, well, sometimes you've got to feel the fear, but do it anyway. Yeah. Leap and find your way on the way, exactly. leap and find your wings on the way down. Exactly. I, I think that some, in some part of it or during your, your sales career, you were still proving that, love and acceptance is now um, a high high figure salary but it was i think again you know did you realize that at some point you were going to be the richest person in the graveyard you know and there was more to life i spent it all a lot of it went on the house like putting a yeah. deposit down for a house but i spent spent i spent a lot yeah. <laughs> I like spending money too. Yeah. I've worked on my money stuff since then, by the way. So I'm not a spenderholic, but yeah. Yeah. Maybe it wouldn't, I wouldn't have been the richest person in the graveyard. I would have been buried with the most amount of crap. <laughs> Handbags, sh shoes, jewelry. I was just into everything that gave me that dopamine hit. <laughs> actually, you know what? Talking about money, I actually wanted to just take a really short break here because. You know, this is the point where we need to talk about some money. If you enjoy listening to Cold Coffee Podcasts and would love to support the programme, then head over to Patreon at Cold Coffee Podcasts and become a member. This helps us to keep supporting the production of the show and also 10% of all contributions go to our chosen charities. So that was in my head what I was going to niche into. And then when I was going through my accreditation, I had to do, you know, a minimum number of hours of coaching in order to get accredited plus everything else I had to do. 
And my sister was, my sister, Sam Marshall, uh, she was like, oh, I've got some friends that could really do with some mindset coaching. So she put me in touch. Because we're all with... fucked up, basically. <laughs> well, we, we all are. We all are. If we've not done some sort of work on our mindset. Um, so she put me in contact with some of her friends. And I very quickly realized in that particular industry, so many people were spending tons of money on coaching for their business and no one was doing the proper mindset work with them. So they were telling them that you've got to be visible and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And if someone's got a fear of not being good enough, fear of visibility, fear of judgment, fear of failure, fear of success, they ain't going to do shit. So I thought I can really, really help this amazing group of women because it was women and that I was coaching. And I just thought, sod it. This is where I'm supposed to be. So um, so I'm beauty business success coach. Um, and I started off just on mindset. And then fast forward 12 months, um, I'm, I, I now do the business side, which includes mindset. Yeah, which is absolutely, you know what, when we went into lockdown, um, first of all, I just remember sitting there and I felt so burnt out. And I probably said to you at the time, I said, it all starts with me. I said, I need to work on my mindset. That's, you know, there's yeah. all these problems I'm having within my business. But actually, you know, I am I feel like I'm creating a lot of the problems within my business because yeah. of my own mindset. And, you know, I'm taking all these things personally or, you know, I face all these challenges. And I went, you know, what? it starts with me. And I therefore went into lockdown, actually. Sadly, I hadn't met you at that point. But, um, you know, working with various different people, sometimes on their free challenges and things like that. But um, I got a lot from that, actually. You mm-hmm. know, but it was also good to recognise, I think, for me anyway, personally, that actually I was part of that problem and yeah. it started with me and I had to therefore create that new journey pathway. But this was yeah. Victoria's story. It started with her. Yeah. You, ca- you can't blame anyone else. No. Upbringing there or anything. You have to go and you have to be very brave to go. Oh, God, yeah. Mm, I think it's me. Yeah. When I was when I was doing my um, life coaching course, accreditation, we had to obviously do the workbooks and the exercises that I'd get clients to do. And there was one where I realized I had the I'm not good enough belief. And I just sat there and wept. And my husband came into the kitchen where I was doing it and he was like, oh my God, you're right. And I'm like, it's like, I've just realized so many years <laughs> I've had this I'm not good enough belief. And you had to obviously re reframe the belief. So it was, I am good enough. I always have been and always will be. And just saying that out, it still gives me gooses now saying it out loud. In that moment, I was like, shit, I am the problem, the answer, the solution, the everything to what my life has been so far. And I realized that was that was when I realized that was the belief that had made I'd made all these questionable decisions and allowed myself to be treated badly and all that other stuff. Um and, and what I get so passionate about as a coach is, and I talk about this on lives all the freaking time, like we're all sat on this amazing thing that can give us the freedom, the balance, the passion, the purpose, the joy, the wealth that we want. It's our business. And yet so many people don't realize that they are the one thing stopping it from becoming amazing. They blame the economy. They blame other people. They blame competition. Blame, blame, blame. 
we all can create our own unique lane. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm so, so passionate about that. And when someone realizes that and they start to just be themselves and we get rid of all the blockers and the fears, like, you shine. I love it. It's addictive. I'd do my job for free if I could afford to. <laughs> I would do my job for free. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you know you're in the career you're supposed to be in if you think, if I won the lottery tomorrow, would I still do it? 100%. 100%. So, all right, you're not earning your six-figure salary just yet. Well, I'm six figures, but not my 250 yet. Okay. Well, six still, figures, you know. But... On your happiness meter on a scale of one to ten, where are you? A million. There you go. I love it. Yeah. I'm, 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 and I choose when I work. I'm like at the moment, I've just gone from two to three client facing days. Yeah. I have two days in the week parenting. So I have half for all the time. And even my client facing days, it's only half nine till half two. So I'm still getting loads of time to do what I want to do, which is be a mum. Yeah, and that's great to be on a six-figure, you know, sort of income and have a great work-life balance. Yeah. That's so important as well. But I built the business with that in mind. I knew what, how it needed to be and how it needed to work. And I've put in procedures and things like that. So it does work and invested in a coach every single time. That's what we all need to do, don't we, really? Just invest in a coach. Oh, God, yeah. A good one. There's some... <laughs> right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw one at you now. We're get, coming towards the climax of this. Um, <laughs> you're going to have a dinner party. Ooh, okay. Uh, uh, you, know, you know what's coming, Six don't you? Six We didn't throw this one at you beforehand, so there's been no prep on this. So it's, it's, it's quite a lot. Should okay. We, should we do three? Do three. Yeah, Go on, then. Six, yeah. Okay. Dr. Joe Dispenza, if I've said his name right. Yeah. I, so yeah. I'd pick tell him. Because... Him. Tell us a bit about him. I know the name and I can't oh. quite. Um... Oh. <laughs> he, he, there's a book. I wonder if I've got his book here. I've definitely heard of him. So He's yeah. he's all around. It's obviously all around mindset and, you know, all, all that amazing stuff. But it's like literally um, like quantum stuff as well. He is literally, you've got to listen to some of his um, like meditations and stuff. It's just all, cut a long story short, he just makes you operate at a whole different level. And I wish I had more time in my day. I know time's a concept and it's prioritization. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah um, but he is, he's, he's, he's amazing. He helps us, you realize that you literally can be limitless. The only thing that's stopping you is what's in your head. So, yeah. so, so him. Um, weirdly, I don't know why Tony Robbins has come into my head because oh. <laughs> I went to one of his um, like three day events years ago. Years ago, when I decided to go into blogging, which didn't pan mm. out, I wasn't aligned to it, and I really enjoyed his energy and stuff. I don't really follow him now, but I'd be really interested to just spend like a meal with him. I've probably got the wrong Tony Tony Robinson though, I guess. Yeah, Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. Oh, okay, yeah. 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 You've seen a TED talk by Tony Robbins. I'm sure you've seen a TED talk by Tony Robbins. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well I'd add I'd add Simon Sinek on there. Oh, I've got a TED talk on Star Why, because I totally believe in that. 
so really yeah so really i've not chose like celebs because if i'm going to be honest it doesn't do anything for me the whole celeb thing and oh my god me this neither. this celebs passed away and i'm like freaking there's other people who are passing away all the time mm. why aren't we celebrating them as well yeah. anyway that's my rant <laughs> no, 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 I that one. <laughs> Absolutely. Me. so yeah yeah so i'd say those off the top of my head right now without being prepared they'd be my three and they're all ones that are self-development ones actually as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Simon there we go. Thing, yeah. yeah he's uh i follow him and a guy called jonah berger Oh, I'll have Joe Rogan on. There's my oh, call. Joe Rogan, all right. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I like him. Yeah, my son's very much into him. But Jonah Berger is a professor of marketing um, at the Ooh. University of the States. And he he did a book called Why Things Go Viral, Why Things Catch On. Ooh. And it's all to do with psychology and absolutely brilliant. Really brilliant. Oh, he, he looks at old enough to be to do a paper round not be a professor <laughs> <laughs> so have you got any words of wisdom that you would like to offer our audience before we close our podcast for the day yeah oh, have we got an audience well possibly not yet who knows have. you, know, you who have to listen to these things but you know we're, <laughs> we're aiming for one <laughs> we've got one um oh, words yeah. of wisdom Number I'm one, you are hearing noise if you can hear it. Yeah, we have to. We I have can't to hear it. I've got a fan on, so honestly, That's I can't right. hear we've got anything. Fan. We've got baby crying. We've got a drill going. It's all, you oh know, God. It's, 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 it's real life. <laughs> I can't hear it. Live. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if you haven't worked on your mindset and you're making decisions out of fear, stop. Work on your mindset with someone who can actually help you work on your mindset because literally that is your problem and your solution to anything. If you're listening to this and you own a business and you're not investing in your business and you're not where you want to be, oh my God, you've got to invest. You're sat on something that can give you everything you need. Just you stop listening to the fear. Yeah. That's my yeah. last, yeah, that's my two things. Stop listening to the fear. That's, that's yeah, I like yeah. that. Stop listening to the fear. That I is, think I like, think that's it's, 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 oh, I'm going to do a social post. That's yeah. the title. That's the title of this this um, video podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> Joe Morley, listen to the fear. Yeah, exactly. Oh, don't stop, listen to, yeah, stop listening to the fear. Stop listening to the fear. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to it. Stop listening to it. <laughs> So thank you so much, Victoria, for coming today. It's been such an amazing, amazing story. And we just want to end by just saying to people that if you have an inspirational a story to actually share and would like to be a guest on our show. Or know somebody. Or know somebody, yeah, exactly. Then please do email us at wearecoldcoffee at gmail.com. And until next time. Thanks, Victoria. Thank you. Thank you, Victoria. It's been brilliant. Yeah. You're welcome. Bye-bye. That's it. Take care. Bye-bye. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of Cold Coffee. We're always looking for guests. So if you have an inspirational story that you'd love to share, then please contact us on wearecoldcoffee at gmail.com. You can also follow our journey on Instagram and Facebook at Cold Coffee Podcasts. You can also watch on YouTube.